Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by Remote. I have Vance. Hi, Vance. How you doing? Good. I have Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi, I'm here. I'm glad you're here. I'm here. And Let's go, man. I have Ranger. Vance is technically in front of Ranger, I guess, if depending on your perspective. Kicking it back to old school times, so... All right, this show brought to you by Fatty Z Musky Products, fattyzmusky.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are working feverishly to get more baits painted for the upcoming Musky Max show. Oh, by we. No, we're going to talk about this, Vance. This is a very important part. I'm going to hate this show, at least a part of it. You're going to (laughs) absolutely love this show. So. Vance is is like leading into this perfectly, except he's about 10 minutes too soon. All right. Okay. So save the belly aching. Andy's painting. You got lots of blanks. Yes, I have a lot of blanks. However, most of them are not going to be staying here. They're going to be leaving on a jet plane, and they're going to be then spread all over the country to happy anglers all over the Muskie Nation. Because like to hear. they are going to be going to Team Rhino and Muskie Tackle Online. But, however, don't expect them anytime soon because I have about 300 baits to paint for those two vendors. <laughs> and I haven't started one because I'm still working on the Muskie Maxes. But uh, you got to take care of the show first. Well, there's just, yeah, it's, it's it seems like no matter how fast I run, I keep losing ground. Uh-huh. That's that's why I'm gonna just give this little tidbit here. We might have a second painter on the uh, that's also on the podcast. So we'll talk about that here soon. Yeah. And I don't, stop. I, I'm just I'm leading. I'm just all right. That's enough for AZ. Todd, tell us about Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek Fishing Guys, mcfishingguys.com. Check us out on our website. We've got lots of good information on there. We'll be fishing Memorial Day through October. Hoping to get some more trips booked for that early season here in Pennsylvania. Fishing a bunch of local waters around here. And I have a few trips booked, not a whole bunch, but I never really do do a whole bunch because everything goes crazy when we get up to Chautauqua. But uh, get a hold of us. Lots of lots of open spaces still throughout the season. Early season's getting a little booked. So if you know when you're coming, please get a hold of us. Let us know what week you're going to be there, and we'll try to get you in on the books. Vance is going to be down at the Allegheny Outdoor Sports Show down in Pittsburgh this weekend with Vix, and he'll be talking trips and talking boats. we got the following weekend. I'll be at the Laurel High School here locally. I know there's some guys listen that, uh, that uh, have met me at that show, so I'll be there on a Friday. Then we'll be back at Vix Sports Center. The following weekend, talking trips, doing some musky seminars. So we got lots of stuff going on. Next four weekends, we're going to be doing lots of stuff. So uh, some more days we'll be booking up. So if you know when you're coming, get a hold of us. We're going to do our best to get you out there, get you some fish. Looking forward to the new season. Awesome. Absolutely. Big shout out to uh, Vic Sports Center for sponsoring this show. Um, and Ranger Boats for sponsoring this show. Uh, like Todd said, I'll be down 
at the Allegheny Outdoors Expo with Victor, talking boats. Um, and then we're going to be at his open house. I recommend stopping by if you guys are in the market. They do Starcraft, Star Welds, and the Ranger boats. Check out that Angler series. I think it's the best setup uh, in the glass boat market. I've been in a lot of them. Skeeters, Warriors, uh, Rangers. I, I The Angler series with Todd and I run are musky machines uh, they're just they're, they're very very nice they just have they got the deeper cockpit I, st I stood in all those other boats at that show the anglers are uh primo so check those out if you're if you're in the boat market um big shout out to vix big yeah. shout out to rangers yeah especially if you're into you know just musky fishing in general if you like to troll and cast uh that's why we went with that series I don't, I don't, you know, you got some extra storage in some of the other ones, but that cockpit is not as deep and, uh, you can't get up the size of both to reel your poles in. So, you know, we do a lot of both casting and trolling. That's why we picked that series. So, yes, it's awesome. tough because, uh, you know, of course, when you go to these shows, you would want to sell your most expensive piece, which is their fisherman series. Um, but mm -hmm. Uh, we and, talk about it all the time. We love, we love yeah. their, we love that angler series. Uh, it's just a uh, badass musky rig. So, in case you're Check wondering, I've had two fisherman series boats. Well, you guys can't say there that. There you go. No. Well, well, well. <laughs> but none of mine have been newer than 18 years old. <laughs> All right. They still get the job done. You don't need a new boat to do that. Well, the jury's still out on the new one. Well, the new to me one, because I've only put 40-some yeah. minutes, maybe an hour on it. <laughs> we'll get the job done. We'll get it done. Well, hopefully. Well, anyways, St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth. Um, St. Croix always seems to be... Uh, coming out with something, you know, new and exciting every year. And this year is no different. Uh, they have some downsizer rods. I guess they're uh, – I probably will not be looking at them. I'm not that crazy into being a rod for every situation. However, I will give big, giant props to my Legend Tournament Big Dog. That rod single-handedly gotten rid of all my other casting rods. So that should say a lot coming from a guy like me. There. I put it out there. Very nice. Take my word on it. So, uh, let's see. What else do we have to talk about? We have well, two Todd other... Named all, yeah, Todd named all those shows. Uh, there was one yep. more. Which one could that be? Is it mm -hmm. the one that's going to kind of wrap everything all together? All together now. I know. It's going to wrap what possibly could be the end of our show season. It's going to bring in boats. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, it will. And that, that is, that is the musky max. We're going to be going to another one after that though. Yeah. But well, for me, maybe. Yeah. I was talking the about musky it. max down at South point, the South of Pittsburgh. We are 
getting geared up. That's the one we're really getting geared up for. Andy's vigorously going through blanks, trying to figure out what we need to paint, what we need to take down there. Uh, Vance is going to be speaking on Sunday on the guide panel. You're going to have a, a group of guides there from St. Clair, from around here, from all over. It's going to be question and answer. I've been involved in those before. They're pretty fun, but the crowd has to get involved and make it fun. Although Tony's emceeing it, so believe me, he's going to have some questions for everybody. He'll, he'll keep it running, but uh, that's always a fun one. I think that's a great, uh, it's always a great seminar, you know, to get guys involved and so to just listen, listen to people talk, you can throw some questions out there to these guys. So show up on Sunday for that. We may have some other stuff going on Sunday. We're not going to say yet, but uh, you have to keep listening to the podcasts. Uh, I'm planning on taking the boat down as long as weather provides that they don't crash. Uh, we'll be taking my boat down and it'll be set up right by our booth. I'll be doing some seminars throughout the day, both days, just sort of on the spot things. We're going to put some times out there, and then we're also going to do it just when, you know, in between the seminars, I'll be jumping right in the boat. We're going to be uh, showing you some trolling setups, trolling tips, and I, I want to run it the same way. If guys have some questions, they can go ahead and answer. But it's always a good show. Uh, we're looking forward to it, and it's going to be here before we know it. That is March 2nd and 3rd, the Musky Max Plus. I'm also bringing a sledgehammer, plastic rod holders, and our rod holders, and I'm going to hit them as hard as I can and see which <laughs> one lasts. I always wanted yeah. to do that in the seminar. But when people are like, this is all you need, enter random plastic <laughs> thing. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. And then I just wanted to be like, here's exhibit A. And I'm just like, maybe it's like a baseball bat. And it's just like, ping. And I'm like, exhibit B, home run. Plastic all over the place. Are you going to hand out safety glasses prior to that? No. Okay. No. You're really walking the dangerous line. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. But I think that that would be. That would be good. It would be. Do you know who else will also be at the Musky Max? Musky Zink. Did you know that Musky Zink will be there? Three Rivers Chapter. Musky Zink. Yeah, I missed. Three Rivers Chapter, yes. Three Rivers Chapter of Muskie's Inc. Uh, I know they just had their big uh, lure swap meeting on Monday. I wish it could have went, but I was recovering from our long trip to Columbus. Well, it ended up being a long trip. We'll talk about that more later. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, didn't get, I didn't get to go down. I usually like to attend that one. It's always fun. Guys take some stuff, swap them around. That's the stuff that these local clubs do. If you get involved in your local Muskie Inc. chapter, uh, you know, between the banquets, between the tournaments, between all the meetings they have, a lot of these places have speakers. They do stuff with the local fisheries. Very important to get involved with your local chapter. Find one near you. They have them in just about every state that has muskies. We got to work with those guys a little bit down in Columbus, the Columbus Fishing Show. Expo. That was not the Columbus, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the Columbus Fishing Expo or whatever. It, you know, that was not the muskie the Ohio Muskie show put on in Columbus. We were back in Columbus again last weekend and got to work with those guys. They had a, uh, you know, just a great group of guys. It's fun to talk to. We were talking to some of the guys that are, you know, in the, you know, on, on boards and stuff from the, uh, from the national. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really trying, they're trying to keep this thing going. It's been around a long time. And, uh, the only way they're going to be able to keep it going is if we get people to sign up and, 
anyone involved in muskie fishing, I feel, should be signed up and be a member for many reasons. Many. I completely, I completely agree. And you know, Muskie's Inc. is was a perk, but I mean, just it's amazing how rich we are after that show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Should we end it there? Let's let's get into this. Let's 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 make Vance not so smiley right now. So after after last week's incredible show with Jared, probably the most feedback we've gotten from any of our shows. Um, the following day, I think it was the following day. I don't know. They're all running together. But anyways, Vance came over and we tested swim baits, and. This time we did not have to shot put anchors to break the ice. We actually had wide open water. We went back there and how long did it take comparatively to the previous time? 10 minutes. Okay, 10 minutes and we did like 50 baits. So compared to hours and yeah. sore muscles and sweatiness out of breath and yeah. Vance's feet not very dry. Mm-hmm. So anyways, so did you lose did you did you did you lose any? I know you say when you test them you don't always snap the snap. That's right. I mean we did not lose any of them. So I don't know if I went in into the bottom of the pond, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just jump I just in. Wondered. Yeah. I have not lost mm-hmm. one at all. So when I test these, I don't know if I went this this in depth with it was I put one on the leader, but I don't snap the snap because to me, it, if I yeah. I leave about the rod lengths uh, line out, so when I can just pick up the reel, the bait comes right to me. You know, I pick up the rod tip, mm-hmm. it comes swinging right in. I snap that, you know, don't snap. I slide that one off, put another one on, and I lollipop it out there with my arm fully extended. So I have... Let's just use round numbers. Eight foot of line with eight foot of rod in my arm length, and then I can give it a nice sweep. I can move 30 feet with that rod tip. Yeah. Probably more if I had a bigger frog pond. And then I'm like, I, I should know in that time frame whether or not we have a good bait on our hands. Um, then I just pick it up. It comes right back to me, pop it off, put the next one on, and just continue. So that's a refresher yeah. if, I, if I did say I- that. I, I was just thinking back, we're, you know, being at the shows now and we're, we're pulling up that footage of all of the baits running. And uh, we did that in a swimming pool at the university the one time where we got all that footage of the way our baits run. And I remember Andy saying, and then we were testing, if you remember correctly. I remember Andy, that, yep. We got that footage and then we were going through a lot of things. And, you know, I was snapping the Raptors on and Andy t- told me that I just put it on, do a couple jerks and... uh you know, we'll see how the, how they're running, and then you, you you don't have to snap it shut. I believe it was the first first time I did it uh, without snapping it. I don't know if Andy even remembers this, but put it out. I took two quick jerks, and the lure came off. Well, it's obviously <laughs> because you did it wrong. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so, so, so we're at this swimming pool. We're trying to get these. 200 baits tested and uh people are coming in to swim a little later and 
yeah, it didn't work for me. But no, I have I have my... never lost a swim bait, and Vance has never lost yeah. one either. Now, granted, these are raptors, right? Yeah, different baits. So you did it wrong. I was trying to catch something. I was really working hard. <laughs> so I was giving it that extra twitch. Yeah, but anyhow. Anyhow, if anyone sees our video that we run at the booth, that would be the day that Todd was talking about. <coughs> all right, so we get that all done. So we had a couple things we wanted to get done when Vance came over. We wanted to test the swim baits while we still had daylight. We wanted a packaged truck as much as possible because it might, the way we have the traveling arrangements set up, it's going to seem very confusing, but it, it seemed very straightforward to me. But so we wanted to set up his truck, pack everything that we can into his truck, um, because we were leaving very early the next morning to make it down there. So this would have been Thursday night. We were doing this. So we get Vance's truck all packed up nice. Vance dropped a little tidbit a few weeks ago talking about he was going to paint some baits. For the Muskie Max, and I believe he called them, and I quote, Vance's Customs, end quote. I never, ever said that. I was really just kind of put into it. Okay, so Vance is denying it, and I don't think I'm making this up, but um, so Vance is very creative in that I'll get text messages saying, let's paint this color with this and this and that, and Finally, it was his turn. He wasn't on deck no more. He was up to bat. So I was kind of overseeing him running the airbrush. And I'm like, well, what color do you want to start with? And then he, like, got stage fright or something. You, you, I didn't get stage fright, man. Okay. I was like, well, let's do all these colors. And, and you kept saying, I don't have a lot of this paint. I don't have a lot of this paint. I don't have a lot of this paint. I don't recall it being like that. I remember you saying you kind of wanted this and that. And I said, well, what color do you want down first? Gold. Yeah. So I'm sure that yeah. that was it. And a, mm -hmm. a common thread with Vance's uh, paint patterns is Vance. You also want what on the side of the bait? The lateral line. Okay. So we, we load up the airbrush with some gold and I kind of gave a quick, rundown on how the airbrush functions you push this button down and it squirts air out the tip but no paint will come out until you pull it backwards which moves the needle back opens this orifice and the air venturi effect takes the paint and squirts it out the end so i very quickly went through this and i'm going to start off by saying this I am, th this little segment that we're doing is not to throw Vance under the bus, but it's to shed some light on some stuff. So Vance, describe the, your first attempt with painting with an airbrush. Blotchy. Heavy. Uneven. Heavy. Disaster. <laughs> <laughs> you can use sentences if you wish. <laughs> All right, well... Yeah, uh, picking up the airbrush, of course, it just, it's not, it's something that's not natural to me. It's something that takes practice. It's like the perfect, 
swing or like getting on a bike. You just know how to do it. Uh, there is like some finesse and some somewhere you have to meet in your mind. This like, I don't know. You have to tell your finger where <laughs> it's just crazy. I, I was too yeah. heavy on it. I pull, I pushed down, you, I pulled back, it spit too much. I didn't know how close to be to the bait. I didn't know how far away to be from the bait. But like the further away I was, I couldn't really get a color on it. So I'd move forward. When I moved forward, I'm moving my right hand forward and my left hand forward. Both sides of my brain are talking to one another. And it's, that doesn't work good when paint's spitting out of the damn thing. So it would just be something like, you've never really played. Never played with anything like that before. It's the fir first time yeah, I've ever done it. Yeah. It's the first time I've yeah. ever done it. I mean, I'm sure like a mm -hmm. lot of bait makers did that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and their their first things are, you know, I have some Vandy's first paints, and he's like, they're trash. But I, I look at them, and I'm like, yeah, these are kind of like. They were neat. That bad, yeah. yeah. These, are, these are neat, and there's some history to them. Well, um, I just could not get that freaking put my finger down and and pull it back at the same mm -hmm. time i couldn't yeah. find the levels where i wanted to be so it was just like a mess and i'm sitting there looking at like six baits and after i realized how horrible i was at it i was like well let's slow down let's slow down before you realize how horrible you are it was pretty much initially like immediately okay <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing with that okay. the thing with that painting i mean you're, I, I, I can just picture what's happening. I mean, it's the same thing that probably anybody would do. Like you, you go over, you try to do that. Oh, that's not good enough. Let's do it again or another layer and let's get a little closer. And every time you go do over, it's getting a little thicker, a little blotchier, a little bit more runs. You know, that's yeah. just, there was like that, no, that, there was like, that's what no, happened. Yeah. No way to fix it rather than when there would be times yeah. when I'd, I'd look at Andy <laughs> with like when I was trying to put like the first layer of the color on and I was like so blotchy I was like how do you fix that he's like you don't and I was like great <laughs> 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 this sucks <laughs> this really sucks well so pretty much I just let Vance like it doesn't matter how much you coach someone on running on, on, on a lot of things in life. But this in particular is, is it's not a natural thing when you pick up and you hold an airbrush. It kind of might feel all right, but it's just, it's most people, you know, that have driven cars for any length of time. Reminds can, me of a throttle. It's exactly what it is. Is that Dude, it just, it just hit me. It reminds me of a throttle. Like the first time, when I was like stepping on the gas when I was like 15 to drive a car or yeah. something like that. And you're just for like, Whoa. pulling back on the, yeah, pulling back in the throttle for a, that's, a, that's exactly what it's like. Snowmobile or something. Yeah. It's exactly what it's like. It, and you gotta get a feel for it. Yeah. You have to get a feel for it. Unfortunately, I'm looking at these blanks, which are precious, which is money. And I'm trying to get through this first one. And I'm like, Andy, I don't want to do this anymore. This is this is a waste of money. This isn't a good idea. I don't want to do it. And he kept being positive and he's like, just keep going. And uh, you can't quit on your first one. 
I so, know. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to quit, but I didn't want to waste blanks. I mean, it's it's not like we had just a small finite number to get through this next show. Which we did. That was a joke. Um, yeah, but we, I, I, we, I, we in a much more real sense, we, we we were so. But the thing is, is this is that I still think that there's something special. I wasn't pushing you, even though I was laughing pretty hard and nonstop. I was, well, and then I was I was pissed at myself, and then I tried to do the lateral line. The lateral line's really tough. Okay, so I'm going to break do. down this lateral line a little bit here. So initially, we Vance wanted to put gold down on the bait, and I let him go the first time, and just to see what happens. And it it was like one would expect. He's very unfamiliar with it, and it was runs and missed spots and whatever. And then to try to show him that it's you know not that it, it's something. It, it's a feel. I took I so we what we did was we set aside two eight inch raptors, two soft tail eight inch raptors, and two six inch raptors. I took the other six inch raptor because Vance started on the first six inch, and I'm like Vance, check this out. And I just lightly did like a couple strokes, but I've done thousands of these. I mean, I don't even know how much time I've had an airbrush in my hand a long time, and showing like look, just be smooth, be this, and then we kind of painted. He had his five baits. And I had my one bait, and I'm like, "This is this is what you're gonna do here." I let you experience it without any real, you know, like this is exactly how I do this. So I then let him in on a family secret, like Bush's baked beans, on how I do lateral lines. And I set him up, and he chose a color that's not an easy color to get a very fine line on, and. That color is a like a metallic green. Anytime you have metallics or pearls or anything in the paint, they don't spray as nice as just a nice non-metallic paint, I guess that would be. Just a normal paint. So I let Vance go go the first time like normal. And it was just sputter sputter kaboom. Yes. So the the lateral line was tough because I still can't get the pressure down and pressure back correctly. And now I have to do this really fine line and keep it straight. Um, so I would be like, start, whoa, 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 press down a little harder, shit, continue going. And then it would be like light because <laughs> I would pull off, like pull back off the throttle. You know, like you you push down on the throttle. Oh, God, I'm going too fast. I'm going to pull back. Okay, wait, maybe I'm going to speed back up. I got this under control. Oh, my gosh, I'm going too fast again. I'm going to pull back when you're first driving. Mm-hmm. That's how it was with my finger. And, uh, yeah, it was like lateral line dots. Yes, it was. Terrible. And, you know, I'm going to say overall, by the last one that you did you started to show a lot of improvement off of the first one. Yeah, but I just don't want to, like, practice on <laughs> our inventory anymore. And I was just, like, I was really pissed off. It was a long day. I think I was, I had a class for my other job. I came down, we're getting all ready for this crap. You know, rolled around and saw dust in my basement. 
came over, packed the truck, and I was really excited to do this. And it was just like a huge letdown because I sucked. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I hate your brain. I, yeah. I I hate sucking. Like really, really, really bugs me. You know, well, and, and it, it and it still does. I'm I'm like really pissed. So the last I could tell I could wrap up this on this last date when I, I really had like could have ran through a wall. I took the freaking like little anus part that we put on the baits and it's just like all the way on its on its fucking side. It's it's terrible. So the the biggest letdown that I had was as Vance was painting these, I was arranging the order in which I felt were, you know, like good good to best. I'm going to use positive words. And I would, every time we changed, like, okay, so you tried coverage. Then we tried detail with the lateral line, a, a small, crisp line. Then we did some scaling. And then we did some, like, highlighting of the eyes and the gullet and the vent that we just, I don't know why, but we always put that on. So we go through all these steps and pretty much every single bait that I paint has those steps somewhere in it. And every time we would like, okay, we're going to switch colors. We're going to do this. I arranged the baits to where I'm like, these ones are looking better than these good ones. And once, once I got this down to where here's the final detail, Vance literally flipped the game board over on the last one. The last one was I thought was pretty decent, and he just blew this big honkering red dot off center. It's humongous. It's like what you're looking for is a nice little dot, maybe the size of a pencil eraser. It's like it's like your thumbnail off centered. Yeah. And I was okay, I was very di- I was very displeased with myself. He's got a the whole section going on. That's all. Yeah, and I was yeah. I was howling. It was hilarious. It's not as so it's, it's not as down as it's coming across through these airways, which I thought would have been a little bit more funny. Uh, it is funny. I mean, it's going to be really funny if you break these to the public. I oh, because they're the, in they're horrible looking things that Vance would text and tell me, and you couldn't even give like you couldn't even like if we put these up for charity. We would be offering the charity six baits. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, if like you're like we're donating all these proceeds to charity, they would get six raptors. They would catch fish on them, but you know, nobody's gonna buy them. They're terrible. Okay, I think that they're special in their in their own way, and several times. But- Vance says, hey, do me a favor and prime those baits again. Essentially, that's like the one way to reset the bait is like if you're like, this is horrible. I need it. I need this one fixed. And it's like, all right, let's mix up some primer and prime it again. Or get a rag full of lacquer thinner and just start wiping it off. Then you still have to prime it. However, they made the cut. They are moving on to the next round. They are going to get eyeballs. I am going to put the initials on like I normally do. And I'm also going to put the initials in quotes. V period C period. That's so terrible. 
Or I should mean, it be I'm, VK I'm, and you spell I'm, that word with a K instead of a C? Huh? Uh, dude. They'll just put them VTs, man. Sounds <laughs> terrible. <laughs> <laughs> just not good. Okay, not so. Not good. Anyone out there is listening to Vance praise up his first thing. These puppies are going to be on display at the Muskie Max. They oh. will make the uh, trip. Oh. The one that won't make the trip will be the one I painted, unless I get outvoted two to one. We'll have to discuss oh. this one off, off air. But anyways. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I could be the brunt of a joke. It's just... It's not a joke. It's your first time. No, see, no one comes out of the womb knowing how to run an airbrush. I mean, if I was like everybody else and that was my first time, I I would put that on musky mosquito market or whatever the hell it is and say it's fifty bucks, (laughs) right? Musky mosquito. (laughs) Whatever the hell. I have my I I have my first raptor that I ever poured. It's a soft tail, and uh, it's white. Long time ago, we didn't put any, we didn't put any paint on it. It's white, Vance. You, yeah, it's just white. It's just a regular. I've caught fish on it too. It's such. It's. I mean, of course you're. On it, yeah. Of course, of course you're humbled. Uh, by situations like that, which I take. I don't think I'm, I'm going to advance. I don't think you got very much teaching here. Well, th- like, that, but like. Of course, you you walk away with it, and you're just like, my God, the painting's such an annoying step, and it's such like a meticulous step. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm spouting off all these colors to Andy, you know, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to do this. I mean, but Andy can do it. You know, Andy's talented at that, and he's been doing it for a long time, but... The only reason you know, if, you, if you if you came to me and said, "Hey, we need these colors," I'd be like, "Yeah, dude, we gotta hire somebody because I can't do it. I'm a glitter guy. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a glitter guy." So yeah, the the reason we're spending so much time on this is that when when you see, I'm gonna say any more on musky baits, a phenomenal paint job five six seven eight years ago is now an average paint job i'm gonna just roughly saying what these people are doing now are just works of art they are they are crazy the detail the control because you know like like vance found out the way i paint and there's other people that paint different ways but the way i paint is i have a handle that I made for these baits. And it's, it's, it has a screw eye in it. It's, it's through the tail. And I'm holding the bait in front of me with my left hand. And I'm working the airbrush with my right. And so with that, there are times that I'm holding the airbrush solid. And I'm moving the bait with my left hand. There's times that my left hand stationary. And I'm working the airbrush with my right. So you, you have to be like aware and have the motor skill to be able to work both hands fluidly with each other while maintaining a distance and work your finger to, you know, pushing the button down is not hard. Air comes out. Who cares? It's just air. But when you start throttling it back, you kind of have to visually on the fly see 
how much paint's coming out? How is it laying down on there? Is the path too wide? Is it too narrow? Are you starting to get runs? There's also things that Vance didn't, I wouldn't have been able to pick up, but there are times that like you're going and just the smallest little speck can halfway plug up the tip. For me, I don't like sit down and just rip the airbrush apart and clean it. I will then work around it. Okay, I'm getting less paint. I got to do this now. I got to move this a little bit that way until I get to a point to where I can. If I'm midway through a bait, I'm not going to stop unless it's a complete blockage. And you got all this stuff going. No, you're like, tur- you're like turning the gun away and like squirting it in your sink. That um, had your old sink that had all that stuff just to get it clear again. Or, and so, then, I mean, any I'm, I'm, I'm shooting it into the filter in this vent system. So what Todd's talking about was mm-hmm. back in the day, I had an old utility tub. And I would then just like clean out the clean out the brush and what have you there. So if I was using a water-based paint, I would, you know, douse the gun, you know, fill up the little thing with with water and start shooting it into the sink. I now have a really nice vent hood that I can shoot that into, mm-hmm. and it takes everything right out through the filter. But you are like aborting aborting the mission. Like at one point, if you see, okay, I'm gummed up, you're pulling it off the bait. Yes, if putting it into your vent system, letting it clear out. Okay, now I can go again. Yeah, but like on those, it's generally like a little, a little crumb or something, something terrible. That I mean, we're talking little needle here to where mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I got to get the paint out of this thing. I'm gonna finish off, you know, the the third of an ounce that's in the cup. Then I'm going to okay. put lacquer through it. Then I'm gonna take the gun apart and clean it, put it back together, and. You know, since I went to automotive paint and I can get a really nice thinned out paint, I've had less issues, but the metallics and the Mm -hmm. pearls and all those other additives to it that add like that little sparkle that people love is a giant pain because sometimes it just doesn't work in your favor. But there's just, there's a whole, you know, set of motor skills that you have to learn when you're, when you're running the airbrush. So that's why like when I see another like phenomenal paint. I just look at that and saying that there's just so many moving parts that just people don't even realize. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that Vance is, you know, just saying like, yeah, this, I was shouting colors out at Andy. And then I just realized that there's just, there's more to it than just, Oh, throw this here, put that there. Yeah. But I knew that, Mm -hmm. but, but you're the painter. It would be like saying, hey, let's go catch a muskie or something on Chautauqua. Or, hey, take my blood pressure mm-hmm. to me. I'd be like, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Right. But, I mean, but it, 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 I guess what I was trying to get at is of course, you of can't course, I mean, appreciate we've all, we've it. Always, until, until you, get, you know, make a complete disaster. No, they're but great. I, I always appreciate painters. I always appreciate the paint jobs. We've, we've called them works of art for forever. Um, agreed with price points. Disagreed with some price points, like something like if I would put up a Vance Custom and be like, hey, this is 50 bucks, which seems <laughs> to be like the norm now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, yeah, it, it just... Completely different for me. The motor skills was the first time I ever did something like that. I probably would have done better with like a racket can, just because that's something mm-hmm. I'm used to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but from all the, the tagging, 
<laughs> the airbrush <laughs> is uh is just uh it's neat and there there's with like what people are painting nowadays it's really like now i can look at it and I'm like how how is it that crisp looking you know it's just crazy yeah a lot of baits are getting like fish detailed yes almost to look mm-hmm. like more like like fish detail fins gill plates things like that i would say that the staples like a wily bait i love picking that thing up i think that he does such a good job on that where it's not really like fish detail oriented but it's just like a paint job there's something i love about that wily that wily thing that wily paint it's not it's obviously not the quadruple epoxy bait thing it's more of what I can relate to with like the airbrush and stuff now. Um, I love the, the crispness of yeah. his lines and stuff. It is, you know, just regular paint jobs. What people are doing now are the artwork. And a lot of these guys are getting paid for it too. You know, mm-hmm. that's the, mm-hmm. the price of the baits, you know. And they aren't doing that in, you know, they aren't painting a hundred of those a night. <laughs> there's no way they are. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're spending a lot more time on these detailed paint jobs, which are beautiful. They'll catch fish. They'll catch fishermen too, for sure. Mm-hmm. And beautiful. It's hard, hard to put them in the water. I have lots of baits that people have given me over the time. It's like, I don't really want to use that. How do you, how do you differentiate that? I, you know, I'm trying to like find a, a word here where it's like old painter versus new school painter and like traditional colors, traditional colors versus like, you know, the glitters nowadays. And, uh, when you pick the bait up and you like turn it on the side, you can almost like see the layers of different paints. I don't know what I'm, I'm looking, I, I can't figure out the word there, but I think that they're both like beautiful pieces in their own respect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they like, can both get the job done. You can buy a Chevy and it'll drive you from point A to port, point B, or you can drive a there's Mercedes. Yeah. Point A to point B. Same thing. Looks a little different. Does it get the job done any differently? No. They're going no. to catch the same amount of fish. But there's there's it's something pretty. that I can that I can. <laughs> there's something that I almost like appreciate more in the simple paints with how pretty, like beautiful they are, mm-hmm. as compared to this like the very detailed one. I think like I can't like now that I have that like line that I did the line and I blotched everything. I'm like, how does like, can, this yeah. simple, like perch bar thing look so pretty? Like, how can you spit that out of an airbrush? Mm-hmm. How can it be that? And it's just like, it's, it's, it's the basics. Mm-hmm. And right. of course, uh, like that's And then I look at that and I'm just like, man, is that gorgeous? And then I'll pick, pick up something from, you know, the high end painters in the game and I'll be like, that's gorgeous. But like, 
taking like a simple green, yellow, white belly, black back thing and making it as pretty as it is out of an airbrush. I have like a huge respect for because like I can't hit those freaking lines. I can't do the overspray like that. And it's insane. You know, I've said this line before. Painting is easy until you know how. Yeah, I I absolutely hate it. I I do I don't want to I don't want to pick one up again. Well, and do it. I'm gonna have you get back in the you saddle would, you, here. You, you'd get it. Yeah, you just I, practice that gun a little bit. You know, that's all. Got, yeah, I think that that like with me pouring the swimmers and stuff like that and Todd pouring the hard baits and stuff. I think that that's the, the, uh, the better job for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, cause we're just kind of like the field guys. Just kind of like put your head down and go and do it. And you can do that with the baits. And, uh, yeah. little glitter here, little glitter there. Yeah. Whatever. It works. And then it Andy's done. Andy, Andy's a Andy. meticulous numbers guy. Yeah. Everything's down to, you know, perfection. It's, 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 uh, it makes sense how we do things. If it was the other way around, I mean, my God, you, you'd get it. We figured certainly out. wouldn't have a bait. We wouldn't have a bait business. You would get it figured out. Yeah, that was insane to paint that stuff. It, oh my god, it burned me. I would have felt I felt defeated. I thought it was a win. <laughs> Mad respect to the painters out there, to the airbrushers, to the glitters, all that stuff. To going from compacts with speakers, going from like I'm an airbrush guy to I'm going to push the envelope a little bit now, and we're going to make this thing look like a real fish that jump is insane <laughs> just uh <laughs> you know there's just so much so much involved in the baits so much time there is so much time in it because if you screw it up like and you have to start over like that my god oh you just brought up you just opened a whole can of worms i'm like thinking like you know, how much further are we going to take this one? But you're right. So everything leads up to you screw up the last po- part of the paint. Pretty much you're just seeing if your buddies want to have that bait. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a giveaway. It is so easy to mess it up. Every step builds on the last step. And you mess up the last one, start over. Or just carry it along. But Yeah. All right. And it happens. It's, it's ha- it happens to everybody. Without, yeah, Without how no, long you've been doing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, but, they have to get so pissed about that too. Yeah, no one, like, no one likes to see that. I, I I'm sitting here wondering, like, what happens if instead of me like showing Vance, like, hey, try to do it like this, and look at how I'm doing this, I would have just went like, ah, and like made it worse than him, and he would have been like, I'm a god. And he would have been sitting here like, I'm taking over this thing. I'm the king of the brush. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe in a dream. <laughs> you had a dream. 
I love that line. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that line also mimics a very famous speech, but it's not what we're talking about as an inside joke. <laughs> yes. Well. Okay, let's get, let's, let's, I was hoping it would be more funny than this, like, Vance in depression mode. Okay. I'm not depressed. I'm uh, I'm owning owning this painting, and I'm hum I'm humbled, you know. Okay. Over it. Okay, Mister Humble I, Bumble. I sucked at it. You learned you know, and, at and, it. How and, about that? You learned. I, I sucked at it, and and it'll be it'll be very funny when people see it. And they'll just be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> here's here's what we'll do at the Muskie Max. We'll have a hat or a box. Come up. And you can, we'll have a little post-it note, and you could write down your charity of choice, and we are going to donate the six baits to them, because we are by no means going to sell these things to anybody. I refuse to do that. We'll use them. They could be on display, just so people could come up, and it might even like make the rafters look that much better that are hanging on the pegs. Be like, those baits are really, really. Look at that one back there. Look at how nice that one's painted. Yeah. Compared to this crap. Obviously, Vance is not thinking very clearly, but at this moment, um, <laughs> well, well, we're going to have them at the Muskie Max. We're going to see. There might be a strong interest to have some of the original sure. VKs. Hmm? It's terrible. All right. Very terrible. All right. Let's get to the show that we had. We had a, we had a fun okay. time. Yeah. And we're rich now, so yes, uh, af- yes. Th- this is us just telling everyone that we are now. Uh, I'm selling my house because I bought an estate down in. Uh, I don't know. P- pick some place that obviously I'm. I'm flopping at this one, so That's we're not fine. rich at all. Um, but so I meet Vance at his house at zero dark thirty, and. The day before, it was like 55, and the temperature was starting to drop. This was Friday morning. And the arrangement that we had um, was I drive to Vance's house. Vance drives myself and him down to the Expo Center. Todd leaves from his house and meets us at the Expo Center. Then, Saturday night, Vance is going to be leaving Columbus and heading to Pittsburgh because he did Musky Road Rules Sunday in Pittsburgh. And then I ride home with Todd, at which point Vance then comes and picks me up at Todd's house, takes him to his house, and then I hop in my truck and I come home. It sounds a lot more complex than what it really was. So I meet up with Vance. Well, it, it actually it ended up being a lot more at, complex it, it just took longer than we thought <laughs> so but we'll get yeah. to that because that is to me the cherry mm-hmm. on top of everything yeah mm-hmm. so I get to Vance's you know no big deal I get there we I had a couple other small things that we put in the truck and we were ready to rock nothing nothing too crazy exciting there we hit the road and we just cruise right on down to Columbus. Nothing nothing really major popped up. It was a smooth sailing ride. Don't you agree, Vance? Very fast, efficient, the way I like to drive, yes. Yep. And so we get there. We find where our booth is going to be. And 
we moved right in. I mean, it couldn't have been timed any better. I bet you Todd was, I don't know if Todd, Todd rolled around the corner. We, we were there at the same time. Literally the same time. I don't know who beat who, but it was probably the same within the same half hour. You know, I don't even know. Cause like this place was enormous. And so we get there, we, we, we meet our neighbors, the grim, grim reaper lures and, you know, come to find out this was their first show. And so we're setting up next to them and stuff. We get our booth all, you know, whatever. I mean, we, we get it most of the way set up and we have our first person come up to us, someone working the show. And I think Todd, we're, Todd wasn't there, but Vance was. And this guy's like, ah, oh, muskies, huh? Now keep in mind, this is a fishing show. Not a musky only show, a fishing show. And this guy was sitting here telling us a story, and I'm gonna I'm gonna abbreviate it some. He was fishing St. Clair with rattle traps over this weed bed. And apparently he, he knows this. I don't know how, but he knows this. Big small mouth comes out of the weed bed, he's smashing them all day. This big one comes up, eats his rattle trap, three and a half pound smallmouth. He's fighting it to the to the edge of the boat, gets to the edge of the boat. Enormous muskie comes up. T-bones the smallmouth. A three and a half pound smallmouth, mind you. The muskie's jaw was so strong, as he tells the story, he bit the smallmouth in half. Sliced it in half. In half. To where <laughs> the muskie swam away with the half that had the tail of this smallmouth. And he was left with the head portion of this smallmouth. After the fish got done eating this smallmouth, the muskie then continued to swim around the boat, waiting to find the other half. Or possibly slice another. This guy was just tearing them up. He was. He was He was setting the hook so often that he, he, he unearthed the kraken. This thing was able to cut a small mouth in half, eat the back half, and then have the brain capacity to hang around longer <laughs> to wait for more easy meals. Mm-hmm. At which point, I said, this is going to be insane. Yeah, that's a scene from Jaws. Yes. That is a scene from Jaws. He probably had a dream that this happened. <laughs> he had a dream, yes. <laughs> Yeah, nothing dream. That's more appropriate of the line that that it was said this weekend. So, um, <laughs> we're like frantically trying to put stuff together too. Yes, Try, at least trying to like seem busy so we have can get out of this story. <laughs> yeah, <But> like, <laughs> Todd's nowhere to be found. Like, I don't know where Todd went. Todd Todd was walking like in a three sixty circle on his phone, just like yeah, hello. Definitely, absolutely, and Andy and I were trying to like, we were trying to set up <laughs> so this guy would like clearly get the picture, and he didn't. Uh, we had to hear these bass stories. Yeah, so all all the all the all the fishing shows are about bass. It's like bass and fly, fly people. I, I'm people I'm fish for yeah. yeah yeah God, so we get everything set up and. 
I'm going to say for the first for a Friday, things went well. I mean, we we saw some people that we saw at the Ohio Muskie show. And one thing that like what we just kind of throw around is like, oh, you're at the Columbus show. And I heard Todd say that a couple times to people like, hey, I saw you at the Columbus show. They're like, we are in Columbus. But for us, just saying the Columbus show means the Ohio Muskie show. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but like across across the way from us, across the the aisle way, was this gigantic booth that seemingly is dedicated to the fish crappy. And they had a giant TV, a booth that had to cost them thousands of dollars. And they had like little rubber grubs and bobbers and cheap reels and line uh, rods. And some fishing line and stuff. Just what I would... I didn't go into the booth, but correct me if I'm wrong. You could pick up any of that at any rotted rod and gun shop anywhere in the country. Any big box store. Any big box store. Any mom and pop is going to have cheap reels, light rods, and little grubs. And apparently, these people... I guess we're halfway famous. Yeah. Todd, what did you see happen many times throughout the weekend at that booth? The, well, they were showing that video, and it was, I think it was the Cabela's Crappy Tour. Okay. Uh, I think it's what they were showing. They did it time, but it was like uh, something crappy tour. And the one, the one fellow over there, he was taking pictures, signing autographs many times. That's what I was going for. We were in the presence of greatness, and I had no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. And they had this cooler, which I really wish someone would have stole it because... Essentially, it breaks down into the name brand is, you know, just famous for this. It's like a Yeti cooler. However, it has a radio built into it. Yes. And when we're talking to people, you know, you get all sorts of people in the booth. Some people are loud. Some people are normal. Some people are quiet. And when you have a quiet talker you're talking to and the crowd noise and occasionally the intercom, you know, they're, they're doing announcements and you have the same nine songs playing over and over and over again out of this cooler. I mean, the reaction that the people in the crowd got when they saw a cooler with speakers in it just I, I I didn't think that this would be it's it's 2019. Yeah. I, I you you can jam a radio anywhere. People were losing their mind off of seeing a cooler that played music, but we were losing our minds because it was the same songs over and over and over again. <laughs> and when we're trying to talk to someone and they have it cranked. And then you get the crowd noise and that. It just made for some very difficult discussions. And it was horrible. It, it really it was. was. W- worst music in America. 
Do you want to sing some of those songs, Vance? If you graduated high school <laughs> and are extremely what, you you would know every lyric to every song. Okay. So that's Vance singing those songs for us. Now, I like a ton of music from like the 50s all the way to like hip hop, every every spectrum, a little bit of everything. I could not, I, that's the only style I can't stand. It's horrible. And it was blasting in our face. It was like dead nut center on our boots. <laughs> it literally was aimed straight <laughs> at Vance. <laughs> Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> so, I think like it, no one's ever had that good of a high school <laughs> in these in these lyrics. Like it just doesn't make any sense. It's like, hell, I played football. Was you know like a triple letterman got hammered all the time. Never got <laughs> caught by the cops. <laughs> you know, kissed girls till midnight or whatever the hell. Was. <laughs> that stuff never happened. It like you're. <laughs> that never happened. They, they, they talked anybody. a lot about then, dirt roads uh, and drinking beer. Oh, it was just terrible. Oh. Anyway, that so. It's just terrible. Worse. I'm tell you what, that music is worse than my paint jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So. What was it? Friday? I'm, let's see here. It, I don't think it was Friday. I mean, we get through Friday just fine. You know, we uh, we leave the show. So now we have two trucks at the show. And Todd's like, I'll meet you guys at the hotel. But the hotel was probably, what, three, four miles away. We had to go down a highway, hop on another highway, get off some on-ramp, whatever, off on-ramp. And we we just run the gps off our phone i think like most people do nowadays and i hop in with vance and and you know we're we're heading out and vance pulls up his phone and he's sitting there and he's like okay we turn right turn left whatever we're on the highway and we get off the one highway onto the other highway everything is going great it takes like what do you think 10 minutes from the show to the hotel yeah and you almost Jump in cars nowadays, like you know exactly where you're going. Yeah, there with was how, yeah, with how like easy it is at your fingertips. There's a and level of like, confidence. I'm a, I'm, yeah, they're like I'm in a different city. I know where I'm going. I got this. I could follow this map. So we're following this map. There's a couple intangibles though. So okay, Th- there's a lot that happens in the next ten to fifteen <laughs> twenty minutes. <laughs> So we're following this and like like Vance says he hits it perfect. Anymore, you're not looking for like signs. Oh, it's right there. I see it. It's just like turn right, turn left. And we're going and it's like, you know, use exit on the right. Well, this is just like a spider web of highways. In this part of Columbus. Now, it might just seem that way to us because we're not familiar with it, but it's literally like if you took one of them dewy spider webs and laid it down on, on like the earth and said, here's your map, it's extremely confusing. So we're just following like the what it's telling us. And I saw it with my own eyes. It says, use ramp on the right. 
So you, you, you leave the ramp, and you can see that there are two ways to go. It's like double splits. It forks. It was almost like they were creating a new road or something, right? It was, yeah, like one went really hard, right, harder right. The other one was like, oh, this is the off-ramp. And I'm looking at Vance's phone, and a couple things that are happening here is I notice that the light blue line of where you need to travel is pretty obvious. However, it's like a dark blue to like represent it's dark out because it was dark out. And then black for the streets that were not you know, the route you want to travel. So it was very hard to distinguish that dark blue and black, but the light blue is pretty dang easy. And we're going, and we went to what would be if, you know, we got off the highway, so then it split one right, one left, off of the the, the standard side that you would, you know, you'd leave the, the highway on the right side. Then you had an extreme right and then the right. I don't want to make that too confusing. Vance was following the one, where the blue line was. It's headlight time, and there's city lights, and we thought we were pretty confident where we were going. However, Vance is following this line, then all of a sudden, his light blue line on the GPS jumps to the other road. I watched it. We went the exit it told us to, but it went to the other one, and we're like, oh, geez, that's not good. Good thing our phone here is going to recalculate this. Not that big of a deal at this point. However, we're heading towards the airport. And we had like a short distance to go, but enough to where Vance is like, did you see this video? So he takes his phone with the GPS on it and he starts searching YouTube while at highway speeds in the middle of the night in a city we don't know to show me a short video clip. (laughs) He did. (laughs) You're like, you're going to kill me, but I'm going to do this. And you just start doing it. I'm like, well, I'm in the passenger seat. What's the worst that can happen? So we get up to this. I did not do that for the record. Okay, you don't remember it, but you actually did. So we get up to this. What video was it? I forget, but it was like a short clip. You're like, did you see the one where Peter Griffin did this or something like that? And I'm like, no. And you're like, I'm going to do it right now. Because we just couldn't wait to get to the hotel room. So (laughs) we get to like this stop stoplight where there's an enormous parking lot on our right and it says go left. So we go left and we go like underneath the highway that we just or the the road that we mistakenly took even though the GPS told us to take and now we turn left again and here it goes the head of the dragon. We can go right or we can go like straightish. And it does it's going in Vance goes straightish when we should have went right, but the GPS was messing with us. And I'm like, so we're, we're kind of getting back on this road, and we did not want to. And we're two-thirds of the way up this on-ramp to get back on this highway. And I'm like, Vance, we should have went that way. He, like, jerks the wheel. So now there's, like, a pizza wedge median between us. He jerks the wheel off to the side, and he hits the brakes because there were some cars around us. And I'm like, we want to go that way. And you were, like, one word away from... Like, if I would have said go, he would have just driven through this grassy area in between this the on-ramp and the road we need to go. But I looked very quickly, and I saw, like, standing water. And the I'm last thing I up. wanted to do was, hey, Todd, do you have a tow rope and get here now? <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, Vance, stop. Stop. And, and and Vance looks in his mirror, and he's like, I'm doing it. He throws I, it in I reverse. Considered it. I considered it, though. I, I kept considering it, and I knew that you, you didn't want me to do it. And I looked at that. I looked at, at this little ravine with the water and the runoff, <laughs> and I was just like, I could make this. It was borderline cattails. I could do this. I think in in all reality you could have, but based off of I decided a, I decided to do something way more dangerous. Right. So he what he does is he does the standard twist around off your right shoulder with the r- left hand on the wheel, throws the thing in reverse and lays a patch reversing down <laughs> this on-ramp. And when when I I'm looking out the window making sure Though he is looking with his eyes, not the mirror, and I'm using the mirror, that there's no headlights coming. And then when we get to where I'm like, Vance, you can you can now that it's merged enough to where there's cement or asphalt, like that webbed area. I said, Vance, you can go now. While still going in reverse, he takes his fist and pounds his gear shifter from R through N to D while still going several miles an hour in reverse. At which point, once it hit D, his foot went to the floor, and the tires started to just light up. And he took off in a light fishtail to go down this other road, which takes us essentially to the doorstep of our hotel. We were literally just messing around so close. My phone vibrates, and he's, it's from Todd that says, are you guys okay? <laughs> Vance is white-knuckling it. We yeah, hit the whole story got messed up at the very beginning when you said it's like 10 minutes. Yes. It, it, it takes like four minutes. It was like four miles. Yeah. Mm. But you had to go. I was there for, for like 20 minutes. Waiting, I was like, and I, I, I looked at the, oh. yeah, at the building. Well, we were, we were, we were staying at a, a Marion. There right. was a courtside Marion. Yes, courtside. Yes, and, uh, or courtyard Marriott or whatever it is. I freaking passed up the courtyard. I went straight to the Marriott. Well, okay, so we're at the stoplight now, and it's like destinations on the left in 200 feet. So we go through the stoplight, all cool and stuff, and Vance keeps driving past the driveway. And I'm like, Vance, we were supposed to turn there. So the first thing Vance does is the it's like there was a right right there. He cranked into this other driveway. you know. So he turned the wheel left. <laughs> And he gets into this driveway. Then he takes it all the way to the stop on the left. And he spins around. And no cars were coming, thankfully. And he tried to do a big Yui. But what was stopping him was the curb on the road. So he cut through over both lanes and he hits that. So here we go into reverse again. Now there's a car behind us. So he like he's blocking the street perpendicular. He throws it into reverse, spins around, and just goes again. Only this time he didn't like hard neutral bomb it from reverse. And we, we come rolling in, and there's Todd 
once we park, waiting for us in the lobby. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most craziest rides I've ever been on, and the the, the streets are just, you know, I don't know. You, you just got to live there. We always. It's, always not, it's, it's not that bad of a It's a small city. You know, it's just the, the GPS does crazy stuff. If anybody uses that, like Google Maps on their iPhone or whatever, Sometimes I'll be driving on a highway. Say it strips all the way across Pennsylvania. From like Pittsburgh to Philadelphia, you ride like I-70 and I-76, a turnpike. It'll have me get off and get back on it. It'll be like, get off this exit. Literally go on and off the on-ramp and get back onto the same road. I felt like that was happening uh, that night. It was just so, it was just so bizarre, or it's just not like detailed enough. Where when these roads are so close to one another, we can't differentiate until the last minute of which one to get on. I think it's still good to look at look at your map before you go or whatever. Look at a real map and not listen to what they're saying. I mean, they tell it happens all the time when I'm trying to get home. It happens to it happened to Andy and I. It's like it's telling me to do this. It's like. I don't want to go there and you don't do it. And then you look down, it cuts 10 miles and 15 minutes off your trip. Mm-hmm. You know, that can happen. And if you just go directly on that, it will have you pulling boats through back alleys to save 0.1 mile. Mm-hmm. That, that can happen. Yeah, it could. So good. We end up grabbing a bite to eat right there in the hotel. We hit the hay, we wake up the next morning, and we go and hit Todd's favorite, the Waffle House, which little did we know at that time was connected to the driveway of the hotel, and Todd and I, I rode with Todd to the show, uh, went onto the road, onto another road, onto another road to pull in. And then we're like, oh, we can see our room from here. (laughs) So I got introduced to the Waffle House first time. I thought the food was good. I think it was a really good experience. I'd say it would be a normal trip to the Waffle House, but I don't have the, uh, the past visits to back that up. But we then hit the road, and now we need to get back to the show. And... I believe I opened up my phone first and said, Todd, this is telling us to go this way. Todd then pulls up his maps, same iPhone, same map app, and it a completely different way. And I'm starting, to, I'm starting to notice a theme of this trip. And I'm like, which one do we choose? And Todd says, well, mine got me to the hotel. We're going to use this one. And it did get us there. Mm-hmm. I think it took longer because we were on the side streets mm-hmm. with a lot of stoplights. Yes. But it yeah. was not the way I went the day before. Yeah, that's right. So then we get up to where you have to pay to park. It's like a booth that's five dollars to pay for the I day. About this. Oh, God. We come rolling up, and, and Todd pulls out money and just throws it at the guy, and the guy <laughs> then hands back 
what Todd thought was a lot of change for what bill he gave him, but we didn't pay attention because who's coming at us in the opposite lane is Vance rolling his window down. <laughs> a little bit confused on our end, Vance yells to us saying, hey, do you guys got $5 so I can park? And initially, like, how did you get into here if you didn't have five dollars to park? There's this steady stream of hundreds of cars going into the fishing show, and <laughs> we look up. There's only there's no one in the other lane exiting because it hasn't even opened yet, and Vance comes flying up <laughs> out of nowhere. He oh, somehow meets five bucks. The timing was impeccable. I was at the booth. I. I wanted I wanted to hit that timing too with what was going on in my truck. I was like, I could probably hit, I could probably run into them. Okay, I don't think they beat me here. Hey Vance, I think you need to tell the story exactly what happened when you were trying. You were in, you were in the spot that Todd and I were in to pay for the parking. Start there. I really don't want to tell the story. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. Um, so, this guy, I pull up, and I I didn't think we had to pay for parking because we were exhibitors. Some shows do that. Some don't. Um, and this parking situation was a lot different from the first day. Yes. We, we kind of just pulled in. And everything was cool. And there was a lot. And we set up and everything was good. Well, the second day, they had everything uh, blocked off, you know, yellow tape, all that stuff. And they directed traffic into a little kiosk area where a dude was working. And he's like, hey, five bucks. And I'm like, man, I don't have, I don't have five bucks on me right now. I was like, do you take a card? And usually big shows like that do take a card. Yeah, we take cards. You, you hand it to them. They got a little card reader right there. Pay for parking. And then he tells me, well, you can go and uh, you can go down to the ATM down the street. I'm like, I'm from out of town, man. I'm like, that's not going to work. Can I? I was like, I have no idea what, you know, what area you're talking about, which gas station, anything like that. I was like, how about I just drive in, use the ATM, and I'll I'll run out and I'll give five bucks to to one of the other parking attendants that's working closer to the building, because this area was really far away. I mean, it was football fields away from yeah. the the fairgrounds, and there's a lot of parking attendants there. So I thought like it'd be like, hey, you know. This dude came out, gave me gave me the money to park here. Everything's good. After I did that, I thought, you know, I could go in, run to the ATM, run back out, give one of the attendants five bucks. He could radio to him and say, you know, we're all square. But no, this guy was being a tough guy and wanted wanted me to turn all the way around. I was like, could you could you just like please be human for for one minute and. <laughs> Just understand, I'm trying to get in here. I have no idea where I'm at. I got lost last night. I drove in reverse on a major highway. Just give give me this, you know. Which I would have done that, you know. I would have gone in, had, you know, every intent to, you know, prove this guy wrong that I would go 
park and pay. Well, do I have to keep telling the story? <laughs> I, I think you're getting to the good part, unless you really don't want to talk about the good part. All right. Well, so I just like blow through the gate. <laughs> <laughs> okay so like, he didn't build yeah. it up very good so he was met with a decision turn around and and go find money uh, I mean, that, that's we, your gotta, only... we, we gotta get in there i gotta go find money this is a residential area it's like half drunk college kids half lifers in this area and i have no idea where the hell i'm at it's in some like you know <laughs> It's like college dump housing where there's five college kids living in a duplex and then like people that will never leave Columbus. <laughs> and I have no idea where the hell I'm at. So, and this guy who's sitting there who's like 90 pounds soaking wet, smoking cigarettes, he's like, <laughs> you know, you're, you gotta, you got to go, kid. Turn, turn your truck around. And I look around. There's a Titanic-sized line of cars. And I got to be in there at, at, at 11 o'clock and I have no idea where to go. I can't even trust my GPS. So I was just like, you know, what the hell with it? I'm going through. So, so, so Vance <laughs> looked, looked left, looked right and said, okay, I'm going. And he just hit the throttle. And at which point when Vance turned around, there was Todd and I. Now Todd thinking he got too much change back was just like, screw it. We're going to park for free and park Vance for free. And we saved the day for Vance with timing that I don't understand how that worked. No, I I don't know how that worked out. Oh, it was so bad. Yeah. So then... Well, I, bl well, I blew through the gates and I had another guy stop me. Okay. the guy got on his radio and was like, we've got a runner. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's for five bucks. For five bucks. You know, but I have no idea where, and I, I was gonna pay them. I was gonna pay them. You know, I, was I didn't know you were. Him. I didn't know you were a fugitive at that time. I don't know. I was, I was a fugitive. The guy like like got in front of my car. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa! You need to stop. <laughs> this was like far down the way. I'm like, I'm like, just let me in. I don't know where I'm at. I'll go to the ATM. I'll give you five bucks right now. He's like, you need to like reverse and blah blah blah. So I just start moving forward. He tells me to start start moving, and he really started saying whoa 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 then because I kind of got really close with that that truck, but a little upset. <laughs> what happened next? Uh, so I explored it back to the gates, and I was like, maybe I'll run into Andy and Todd. And I did. We were at the gate. That's incredible. Yeah. So then Saturday Saturday comes and <laughs> you know, we get paid a visit. You know, I started getting hungry. And wouldn't you know it, a big giant Arctic cooler comes in, one of those soft coolers with all of these I I don't know, fancy types of sodas. We had black cherry cream soda, butterscotch, a whole big bag of food. Gosh, we had caramel yeah, corn, dried fruit, uh, oh. peanut butter pretzels. Tons of good stuff came down our way. The Ohio area. You got these delicious oatmeal peanut butter protein balls. With some chocolate chips, 
unbelievable. Uh, really appreciate that stuff. Really appreciate the listeners. That literally does give us fuel to get through the days and make these stories that we're telling you not so lame. It gives us energy. <laughs> it's like when that stuff comes through, I'm just like, nom, 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 nom. I feel like a million bucks when we're eating that, you know? It's it's like, eat, eat something that's like homemade and healthy that we really can't prep for in this. Let's get into these shows. We can't even find or, our way to the hotel, let alone make our own it, food. Exactly. Or go and buy some concessions, which is just horrible food. We mm-hmm. always, you know, and we we don't want to do that. It, I don't want to sit there and eat pizza for three straight days. Mm-hmm. It's it's gross. Or, or like, you know, the deer jerky's great, but you know we're surviving off of like Gatorade and deer jerky. You know, we get a care package like that. It it makes the whole trip. It does. I'm gonna probably say. And I hope I'm not missing something. So I'm going to wrap up Saturday by, once again, Todd was out of the booth, rounding the corner with his hand out to shake mine. I looked up, and this guy says, Hi, I'm Joe Booker. And I'm like, Yes, you are. And Vance came up. He says, Hi, I'm Joe Booker. Joe Booker sat and BS with us for about, how long, Vance? Ten minutes? Mm-hmm. Ten minutes until I told him the story about how I uh, recently almost ran somebody over with my car. Yeah, that was the point to where he looked at you and turned around and walked away. Mm-hmm. That actually did not happen. But he that sat there happen. and he was uh, he must have just got in. He did a se- you know handful of seminars over the course of Saturday and Sunday. Todd came in come walking back into the booth, uh, kind of caught the tail end of it. We had a small, small talk with Joe. Second time nice I met guy. Second time I met him. Very pleasant. And other than that, did I miss anything else on Saturday? Mm-hmm. We yeah. thought Vance took off. Todd and I found the hotel just fine. We ate in the restaurant. Nothing, nothing happened there. That was crazy. Hit the hay, woke up Sunday, moved out of the hotel room, kind of started vending the show. Not a whole, a very, very uneventful day um, for the most part. And I'm going to, I know how I want to wrap this up. So Vance, tell us about road rules. So you get down to Pittsburgh and what happened? Yeah, I got down to Pittsburgh, uh, arrived, you know, couple hours before help set up uh greg and tony put on a great little little uh you know seminar bait giveaway uh, how-to's tips anybody listening to this knows what muskie road rules is they stopped in pittsburgh i went down there did a seminar um a lot of people showed up um a belichick showed up a bell is yeah, somebody in a Belichick showed up. That was awesome. Um you know, it's a it's a it's a really nice way to get through the winter, what Tony and Greg do with those musky road rules. Um Tony does a seminar, Greg does a seminar. Um they had a guy by the name of Tim Baker 
uh, there who is a cave run fisherman, southern reservoir guy. Uh, do a little seminar. And uh, so I was there talking Chautauqua muskies. And it's just a nice, a nice event. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. While Vance was having a lot of fun, Todd, Todd got a, a thing on his phone that says Winter Weather Advisory. And we're looking at it. And it. my weather forecast, I looked it up because now it's just like, okay, what do we want to do now? Was saying two inches of snow. And for me, two inches of snow is nothing. I, I could care less about two inches of snow. I did forget an important event Saturday night. While at dinner, Todd agreed to taking the lax musky home with him to then take to the musky max. That's an important little tidbit here. Okay. So yes. Todd agreed to taking it there rather than having Bob drive from Columbus to Pittsburgh to to take the fish back to lax. Okay. So winter weather advisory. We kind of look around. And we're like, well, what are we going to do? It kind of started snowing. Um, the show I thought originally was going to go till 4 PM on Sunday, which for me is like a late show on Sunday. I looked up online and I'm like, why does it say five? Was, was Todd, was I nuts? Did, did we not see? No. Okay. We saw four. Yeah. We saw four. Four, four. And so now I'm looking at how this ride home is going to go. Under best case scenario, let's just say we hit the road at five. It's three hours to Todd's house, hour and a half from Todd's advances, and a half hour from Vance's to mine, which is, it's fine. I'm not complaining about that. That's how it's set up. And you just, that's the ride that we're going to, that I'm going to be involved with. So the show's kind of slowing down around 4 o'clock-ish. Um, Todd and I agreed that we're going to eat something here from the concession stand as kind of like our dinner. We'll pack up and we'll hit the road. So we pack the whole booth up. And I'm going to skip this one part. Though it is kind of funny. It probably wasn't funny to Todd. I'm not going to skip it. So I packed all this food into these bags. The food that was given to us, and I think on Friday, Vance went and bought a giant container of pickles. And oh, love pickles. Vance loves pickles. So I, I, while taking the booth down, I found the bag of pickles, and I went ahead and put the pickles in this bag. I kind of stacked it. I stacked the bag full. Let's just put it to you that way. So one of the last things to take out was this bag of food. And I kind of went around to say, like, my goodbyes to everyone. So Todd, while Todd and I are still in the booth, Todd grabs a bag of food and starts heading towards the door. I walk the other way to say, you know, hey, guys, we're heading out. And I round the corner after saying my quick goodbyes to see Todd, like, kind of kneeling on the floor, not 20 feet from where I last saw him. And there's, like, water everywhere. And <laughs> me the back. The, the, the handles ripped off the bag. And the pickles <laughs> hit the floor. And I, I could only imagine just went everywhere. So not only were we leaving the show early, but we left 
<laughs> a cup of pickle juice all over the floor for the custodians to clean up. And it just so happened to be one of the last trips out of the door that we needed to do. So we could literally like make a mess and run. (laughs) So Todd's just throwing all this stuff away, which is now this building onto this anticipation of this winter storm warning, us trying to leave. It's getting later than we wanted pickles everywhere. And we still have to put this gigantic, ungodly huge muskie in Todd's truck. Yes. Which went from the nose to tail was essentially from door to door in the back seat. I end up like, okay, let's get this muskie off the stand. So we kind of picked it up slowly. We got it off there. And I'm like, let's go. So I kind of bear hugged this thing and I started walking out. And Todd has the stand. We place it nicely. I mean, we're trying to take care of it in the seat, and we get everything situated. Five o'clock, Todd puts the truck in gear. We start moving. We quickly find that you cannot go the speed limit on the highway. And we're like, oh, it'll get better. The GPS went from, like, the the trail to, like, this thick yellow line, which I could imagine is, like, what just happened there? Drop something. Okay. Um, Which I would mean, like, caution or, you know, like, slow-moving vehicles, something like that. It's, It's like a live map update that Apple has. And we're doing, like, 35 average. Would that be accurate, Todd? That's that's a little high end, but <laughs> yeah, at one point Todd was like, "We hit fifty-eight, and there are other times we were doing twenty-five. Yeah, it was and ten. Yeah, yeah, it was creeping along. And looking at this map, I'm like, "Oh, it's not that much further," and all of a sudden it's going to go back to normal. We're going to be able to get up to highway speed. It just kept moving the carrot in front of us. It just kept extending this yellow, and at times we were they were. Following it. Yeah, we, we were. It was something was up. So we're we're just like literally in this slow moving pack of cars, and I don't understand. I mean, I have theories, but I never see as many cars off the highway in Pennsylvania in a, in the course of a year of a whole winter as I did whatever, those first 50 or 60 miles outside of Columbus. They have a guardrail system in between the highways that is like three cables off of the posts that a normal guardrail will be in. I saw at least three cars with their front tires like on the wrong side splitting these cables and bumpers ripped off. And I'm like, how is this happening? And every time there's one of them, there's a police officer there with his lights on. And the first time that we were like, this is going slow. What's going on? A little yellow triangle with an exclamation point popped up on Todd's phone, indicating there must have been something of of some interest there that's like, watch out, danger. And it was like, it kind of lined up with some of these police uh, cars by these cars that are stuck in the median and stuff. And the first one, 
it, this is where it started to get slightly annoying was it wasn't even on our side of the highway. It was the other side of the highway and it was slowed down on our side because of that. Like all the cars were pumping their brakes at the wrong time. We keep creeping. We keep creeping. We keep creeping. Eventually it gets to the point to where I'm like, Todd, how are you on gas? And we just, Todd's like, oh, I got a quarter tank. And he went through his like little menu system and it said like 120 miles to go till empty. We drive a long ways. A long ways. Probably another hour. I don't know exactly. If Todd, if you th- if I'm telling the story wrong, step in. No, no. It, it, it said 148. Okay, 148. We drove a long ways. Uh-huh. And I'm like, should we get gas now? And Todd, what did it drop to after like an hour? 112. It, it was just it's 112. I was I never hit the gas for. I I, I just I couldn't an hour. I couldn't believe that we drove a whole hour and it <laughs> barely moved. Yeah. So we ended up slightly getting frustrated, and this is like three hours into this, and we're like, let's let's get gas. We're gonna regroup and stuff. So we pull off. We get gas, and right next to this gas station, it's like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. I forget what time exactly it was. Todd fills up and like, let's go get Dunkin' Donuts, because that was literally right next to the gas station. So we walk in. Todd says, I need to use the bathroom. So I go and I look, and I, I'm i looking to see what they have. I've never gone into a Dunkin' Donuts in the last 25 years. And I'm like, well, okay, I see the donut that I would want, and I also would, wouldn't mind having a muffin. Because they were there and I was hungry. And so I order this muffin to this kid who I, I thought could understand English. He spoke English, but he must not he must not have really given two craps. And I, I saw this, and this is important because to me it's funny and I could have strangled the kid. I said, that donut down there, bottom shelf, Right there. I said, it's shaped as a heart. Does that have vanilla cream in it? And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, does it have vanilla? Yeah, I think. I said, if it doesn't, I don't want it. It's the last one. And he kind of mumbled that he assured me that it was, in fact, vanilla cream. So I said, I'll have that, and I'll have that muffin. By this time, Todd came out, and Todd did his order or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I got to take a leak. So I go into the bathroom. I come back out. And Todd, what happened when he, I just heard you say something about the whatever it was, chocolate chocolate chip muffin or something when I was walking out of the restroom. Mm-hmm. So I go out there and this kid's standing there looking at the rack. There's and there's only two racks of muffins. And exactly. I was like, I think he ordered a chocolate. He ordered a chocolate chip muffin. He's like, you mean one of those? And it says like butterscotch. <laughs> I said no. <laughs> one right beside it that says chocolate chip on it. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and he grabs the muffin. I come and out I of the back. I heard that in passing. I mean, I heard you say it from the. 
<laughs> there was it, there wasn't a lot of people in there at the time. No, there was as many employees as there was me and you, Todd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I I come out of the bathroom and I'm like, okay, where's my donut? And the kid takes like four steps the wrong way. He's like, is this the one you want? I said, no. And I pointed again. And then he, so I, I point and he's like 10 feet away from the one I ordered. I said, it's the only one right over here. And I'm pointing directly at it. And he like takes his hand and moves it down two feet. Is it this one? No, that's not the one that I want. He finally did give me the donut. And I turn around. I'm like, Todd, where's yours? And you're like, I ate it in three bites. <laughs> it's gone. I'm done. What are we doing? Are eating on the road or what? Right. And I'm like, well, I'm a little behind the eight ball because, you know, Mr. Brains behind the cash register couldn't get my order right of two items. So it was high. I, he must have been. He must have pulled doubles with Duncan. And I ended up eating a stale donut, which got me through. We get back on the highway, and it's a completely different highway. We're able to do like 45 miles an hour. We only wasted about 20 minutes getting gas and dealing with the, the, the brains at the operation at Duncan's. And we're, we're, we're moving. We're going good. I mean, by good, we're going 45, 50 at times. We're yeah. making headway now. And there was this snowplow. The, the, snow, I, I don't understand this. You know which snowplow I'm talking about, Todd? The one I tried to take a video yeah. of? Yeah. Like, they are dumping so much salt out. Again, we could see the grass sticking up through the snow. It was two inches of snow. This guy was pushing snow with his plow. He was in the left lane. The snow was exiting his wing out the right. So he was essentially filling up the right lane with slush. <laughs> up right in front of us. So... He was creating his own block because we couldn't very well get around him. And we couldn't obviously go through him. So we're behind him. I have never seen so much salt dump out of the bed of a truck before. This was like those 50 pound bags you'd buy at Lowe's. Every went through in one in like 30 seconds. It was in, it was ridiculous how much salt they were, he was dropping. I mean, for all the good he was doing in his lane, he was ruining the right lane. Mm -hmm. He was causing accidents. And then we kind of start. we hit a patch where there wasn't so much snow. And there was so much. Remove the slush coming off the, the plow and replace it with sparks. This was fireworks underneath this plow. And it was it was just everywhere. I'm like, you're gonna lose paint and crack your windshield if these sparks start just covering. It was like Fourth of July sparklers underneath this thing, just lit up. And and you look into the driver's window and you realize it's the same guy that waited on you at Dunkin' Donuts. Yes, ironically, <laughs> don't ask me how he did it, but he started working for the state after he quit that job. I pushed him over the edge, and. Right when I got the phone out to hit record, his plow came up off the ground, and I could not get this display of lights that he was doing. However, the, the, the salt behind him was still just like this this trail of dust, even though it's like really wet out. So we get around him, and about that time, Vance, you know, I called Vance. Vance called me back, and I put him on speakerphone, and you're like, oh, what time do you guys expect to be home? And I'm like, well, we went 90 miles. And out of 200 and some. 
<laughs> so he's like, well, what's the ETA? And we kept kind of keeping it. For every minute we traveled, the time at a, to destination went a minute further. It was almost yeah. like we would never catch up. <laughs> and that is when we broke the news to Vance that we picked up the hitchhiker. The hitchhiker yeah. being a <laughs> big, gigantic muskie, which really brightened our day because we had a really good belly laugh about the whole scenario there. We end up making it to Todd's house. We unpack his truck. and Six and a half hours. Six and a half hours to go a three-hour trip. I made it there in 2.48 or something. That's good time. Mm. They even had some roads shut down in Pennsylvania, but I didn't see any cars That's off. I take that back. I saw one car that went really far off the road. Very well, bad. Well, I will tell you what. So I, I was getting close. Just, just before, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about this, but right before we get off the exit, or right, I just had like eight more miles to go on the highway without weaving in the back roads and the highway was closed and there was a couple couple young kids up here got killed no kidding yeah actually there was there was four or three different fatalities that night in right here in pennsylvania the two were from the local high school here two two girls slid off the road two teenagers not yeah, that's good. It was it was it was bad, surprisingly bad. Yeah. So bad Ice. that Vance come rolling into Todd's and immediately mounted the muskie. Which yes. the hilarity ensued after that. <laughs> yes. It got us through. We were a little We were slap slap happy. Slap happy, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we load everything up in Vance's truck and the roads were so bad. That Vance did like eighty all the way home. I mean, yeah. like seventy nine yeah. was perfect. It was clear sailing, and Vance was just passing everyone like they're standing still. And we get up to Vance's, we unload Vance's truck, put it right into my truck, and then I made my way home the last half hour and get home, unload the truck, you know. Thinking that I was going to be home somewhere around 10 o'clock, I kind of walked through the door at 2.30 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Decided to take a shower and uh, go to bed. And, you know, Kara's like, are you are you sleeping in tomorrow? She she got up when I when I came in the house. Apparently, I, I woke her up or something, and uh, which makes sense why she, she was sleeping and she got up. Um I said, well, I'm going to see how I feel. So I, I kept my alarm off. So I probably put my head on the pillow sometime around 3 a.m. And then at 6 a.m., Kara wakes me up and says, are you sleeping in? I'm like, yeah. So then I went back to sleep. And at 7, she says, are you sleeping in? And I said, not anymore. And I went up and put in... <laughs> Almost as full of a day as you could off of a crappy four hours of sleep after having yeah. that long Sunday. That uh that show was hard to recover from. That that weekend was hard hard to recover from. It was a butt kicker. Yeah. Certainly was. The weather the weather really screwed us. 
It did. But you know, essentially. It's show season. Anybody that does shows uh, goes through this stuff. We have been, I, I'm going to go on record. We have been very fortunate with travels of uh-huh. all of our shows to not have that too often. Considering that the show season is in a spot, you know, all these major shows are in terrible weather areas for January, February. They're just, they can be horrible traffic uh, conditions and everything. But we've been very fortunate. We had a good story to come out of it. I met some very nice people like Dunkin' Donuts Boy. Yeah, that guy was top notch. That's why they have that, you know, that they pay him the big bucks to get that talent in there. Mm-hmm. So that was the Columbus Fishing Expo. It was long. We almost went two hours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of content. A lot of content. A lot of funny stories. A lot of laughs. Good stuff. And we got four straight weeks of shows. You Last. have four straight weeks of shows. I got one more that I got to worry about. I'm petting a gigantic bull shark-sized muskie. Yes. yes, you are. In my garage yeah other than vance has anyone in your family sat on the gigantic muskie with a saddle yeah my daughter got on it right away yeah yes having a saddle on a muskie is in is an invitation to sit on it i told but my daughter's like what did you did you buy that i said oh yeah gonna put it in the living room We're going to move that chair out. We're going to put that right in the living room. So I said, just don't tell mom, which I already, I already know how that goes. So I rearranged it. So it was like sitting right out in the open as soon as my wife got home. <laughs> what do you see where daddy got it to show? You actually did that. You actually put it in the house. No, I didn't. I, didn't. Oh, I had okay. it ready in the garage. I, I pulled it over by the door. <laughs> Wait do you see what daddy got. What was the reaction? Was it positive? The reaction was, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> what would what would you have done if it would have been like, oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can't, that we wasn't can't keep happen. this. We can't keep this. <laughs> you need to find it a new home. Good stuff. I like it. Always fun. Always something happening. So, big thanks. Fantasy Muskie Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, St. Croix Rods, Vix Marine and Sports Center, Kent, Ohio, Ranger Boats, Muskie Max Plus. It's here. Couple, couple, three weeks. We'll be there. It's going to be, hopefully we'll have some great stories from that. So take the family, fun for everyone, and big thanks to Muskies, Inc. Join your local chapter, be part of it, grow the sport. No reason why you shouldn't be a member. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening.